welcome to episode number six of the Polarizer podcast. Sounds kind of nice. Starts to sound like uh, like I'm actually doing something here. <laughs> uh, today I'm talking to a friend I met when I was an exchange student in Florida in 2011, six years ago. And uh, damn, six years, time flies. Um, that whole adventure was what sparked my interest in travel, but uh, that's another story for another day. The guy I'm talking to today is called Big Jim, and he's in a band called Big Jim and the Speed Kings, and back when I met him, he was in a band called Sweet Peas Revenge. And because I was a fan of his music, we uh, started talking after a show, had a couple beers, and became good friends. And he's um, this guy has been a working musician for over 10 years, and his, his job was being a guitar player and a singer in a band and talk about an interesting, adventurous life. That's uh, that's a dream for many people. And now he has a uh, music school, and he's, uh, he's got a family, he's got a kid, and he's settled down, slowed down a little bit, but um, yeah, we, we, talk, we talk a lot about of, uh, the, the touring life and the life on the road. And this guy has traveled to, to every state in the U.S. except for Alaska with his band. And we talked about life on the road, what it's like playing music for a living. At one point, we get a little philosophical about the Internet and phones and also the state of the music industry today with uh, with the Internet and how um, how to make money as an artist and all that. And it was a very laid-back conversation recorded on the porch on a nice, sunny summer evening in florida it was great to be back there and i'm sure you can tell from the general vibe of the recording that i was having a great time so without further ado here's big jim and i hope you enjoy the show sit back and relax and all that blah, 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 blah. recorded someplace random on this interesting planet we live on with your host nick hubei you're listening to the polarizer podcast Cool. Man, I'm fascinated by your, uh, you travel, you probably travel more than me. Well, I haven't seen as much as the state, uh, of the states of, as you though. Yeah, but the thing about the states is that, to me, it's, you really have to look for the differences. Uh, you have some places like, you know, regionally, it'll be obvious, like if you go to you go to New Mexico or you go to Arizona, if you live in the southeast and you go over there, it's like, damn, I understand now. This is different. This is completely different. This looks like the surface of the moon <laughs> or it looks like the desert in some movie somewhere. Uh, but if you go from like, you know, from the southeast to the Midwest, in America, you see the same. It's possible to go to the four corners of this country and eat the same meal at a restaurant <laughs> that's called the same thing right you know well, i mean i mean you 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 got mcdonald's everywhere too you, you do know? you do you do <laughs> like, but it's... like even you know people are building like a strip mall and you can be sure that the the three things that are anchoring that strip mall are a verizon uh <laughs> store uh, what else would there be? There would be like a like a vitamin shop or a GNC and like a, I don't know like a Domino's or something. You right. know. <laughs> whereas, <clears throat> whereas if you go, um, you know, if you go, you have to look for things off the beaten path. 
Right. And then when you find them, it's like, uh, you, you know, I find myself every time I go back to a certain city, I want to go to, uh, you know, if I'm in Key West, I want to go to El Sabone to eat, not to, you know, whatever else. Uh, that, right. You know, the, the yeah. independent Cuban restaurant or, you know, if I'm going to go, if we're on the highway, um, uh, we're on 85 or, or a 95 going north. And you go through Virginia. Where are those? The, the, uh, they they run north to south on the eastern seaboard. Okay, right. Uh, Eighty five kind of cuts up through the middle of the Carolinas, and um, uh, you, you, it kind of runs out there. But ninety five goes from Miami all the way up. Uh, and if you're on one of those highways and you're going through Virginia, oh, wow. you know there's it's beautiful and there's rolling hills. But the things you have to kind of get to where you know. Uh, where certain things are like there's one exit off 95 and you're you're in uh, you're up that way and if you get off the highway and you make a you get off the highway you make a left and you follow this road that goes around this bend you're out in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden you come upon this restaurant and this restaurant is known for their fried donuts <laughs> and you gotta you gotta stop there you know like little strange things right you know you gotta stop and you gotta have some donuts man yeah. you know fried that's donuts. A, it's fried donut yeah. you know there's a, the, the best kind the only kind and but they fry them right there you know they make right. them right there and then they just put them in a basket and they slide them onto your table you know that's a i think a lot of the american experience from is tied up around food you know and that could be just me it could have just been the band that i was in uh that we love to eat but i it it was all it it centers around food you know and it's it's a social thing i guess that yeah you know well one thing uh one thing i noticed is um uh, barbecue is a big thing barbecue is a big thing yeah and uh but there's a big difference between re, uh, regions um, mm. of how barbecue is done. Mm. I mean, and I found that in the South, it's mostly um, pork mm. b- uh, barbecue. But once you get to Texas, it's mostly beef. And But within regions, within those regions, there's yeah. a bunch of different styles. That's and, right. And, yeah. and you go to, if you go through Kansas City, we used to travel, um, we used to do a loop. Yeah, well, let, let's start let's talk about that. Like, yeah. like you, you yeah. um, uh, you're a musician, obviously, mm-hmm. playing in many bands. Like, when, when did you start playing, and and when did you start? Like, where where did you start? I started. I mean, you know, when you start out being in a band, um, you everybody has this sort of, um, you know, everybody has an idea, a reason why they start playing music, and for me, it was. I want to be in a band that travels. Uh, I didn't get, I wasn't very well thought out. Uh, I, I said, I want to travel and play music. And that was kind of the goal. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't really anything beyond that. And, uh, but, but the, the reason that that's almost enough in and of itself is because to get to that, um, I say when to get to that level, it sounds really uh, like we were at some kind of level. We well, weren't. Gonna... We're making a living, but uh, you know, to 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 travel and to play, uh, it, you have to have you know your band has to be together. You have to have a product to to sell. To to there has to be something that you're that you, 
you have you have to have something going on to have that happen. You have to be able to get the gigs to go play them. You have to be able to have the wherewithal, uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally to to get there and to do that again and again, night after night, while you're away from home. It's a it's a to me it was always fun. Uh, some people that drives them crazy, you know they 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 hate it. Um, I always really enjoyed it. I like the idea of waking up in a new place. Uh, the idea of, hey, we're we're here, but we're only going to be here for, you know, what is it, six hours, twelve hours, whatever it is, four hours or whatever. And then we're then we're off. Then we're gone. We're gonna in the in the wee small hours of the night, we're gonna pack our shit, back in the trailer, everybody back in the van, and we're by the time the sun comes up, we'll be in another state. Right. And it's an adventure. It was an adventure, yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it you you can't uh, – everybody thinks, oh, well, you party and, you know, you don't do a lot of – you can, but it, not if you're busy and you're going somewhere else. You know, if you got another show the next night and it's, you know, a, a four or six-hour drive from there, <clears throat> you know, you have things you have to take care of. You can't just do that and – be drunk all the time i mean you can but you won't last very long right um but i always wanted to travel and play music and so i, I started a band um called sweepy's revenge in new orleans in 1996 oh wow long time ago and it took us um uh, two years before we even started traveling away from new orleans to play and then we really kind of got going um in, in the end of 99 2000 and really traveled really hard for the next six years after that. And then... What was your uh, setup? Like, uh, we had a three-piece. Uh, it was me on guitar and vocal. We had uh, this guy named Stephen Randall for most of the time on drums. And then our bass players sort of changed around. We had uh, Andy Mayer was our one for the longest and my favorite. But um, it, it it's... Obviously, you need to be able to play well together, and you need to share the same goals musically and commercially and all that stuff. But if you're going to travel with somebody, you need to be able to get along. Right. So that's kind of like the main thing. Yeah. You like know? A band is like a marriage between a bunch of dudes. It is. It's like a sexless marriage between a bunch of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, that's exactly what it's like. I guess in some <laughs> bands there's sex, but that wasn't our thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got to be able to get along, and uh, you know, we were able to do that and um, stay excited. I remember that you know, like I said, there were different bass players throughout the years. So I know that sometimes we would be playing with someone. I'm thinking of one fella in particular that I will. He will remain nameless for this, but he was all excited. And he wanted to go play with us, and so I said, "Great, um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, next week we're off. We don't go anywhere. So I want you to come over to my house. We're going to learn all the songs." And uh, we did that. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to be by to pick you up on Wednesday, and we'll be back three weeks from that Wednesday. Or that that you know Monday, almost three weeks from when we leave." And I'll bring you back to your house on that Monday morning. We should get in somewhere around 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. He was like, great. I've been wanting to do this forever. I've been wanting to do this forever. <laughs> so first trip, I pick him up. He gets in the van. We go play the shows. I bring him back three weeks later, drop him off at his house. He's got money in his pocket. He's happy. Man, I had a great time. That was fantastic. 
great. And I was like, okay, good. Uh, next week, we're going to go out again. And he was like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> we're doing this again? I was like, yeah, we're doing this again. <laughs> we're going the other way this time. You know, and last time we went we went down to Miami and, and up through Virginia. And uh, in a week and a half, we're going to leave again. We're going to go out west. <laughs> and he was like, I, 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 I don't think I can do that. <laughs> I don't think I can do that again. I was like, well, this is what it is, you know. So you have to kind of have that mentality of, right. of, you know, you're home for a little bit, but then you're ready to go again. And yeah. that's really why I stopped doing that. Uh, in 2006, uh, I had uh, my son was born in 04. And as soon as he started realizing that I was gone, um, I didn't want to be gone anymore because right. then he was missing me, you know, and I, I could tell when I would leave, he was like, Oh, you know, hmm. that, that's not good. And uh, I was tired of it too. Uh, you get, you get well, worn ten, out 10 years, you know, like it's, yeah. it's solid at very, at various levels of that. I mean, we didn't really bust it, but for like, you know, four or five years, but um, I think that it, it's uh plus you got to understand too, with no, um, some airplay on some radio stations in certain markets, but back then there wasn't a Pandora yet. There wasn't a uh, iTunes really too much till the end, you know. Right. Um, it, it wasn't really a thing, uh, so it was different. If you wanted to go play, you had to get in the van and go play. And now, uh, if I release a record and I released a record last year. And it's on Pandora, and so I don't need to drive to Kansas City to play for 20 people in a club. Hopefully, there would be more, but sometimes it would be, you know, 10 to 20 people, you know? Right. Um, I, the internet does that for me. Right, and, and, well, and well, we're at, what's the name of the latest recording? Oh, the, recording latest, the, the latest recording <laughs> is, uh, now the band is called Big Jim Brown and the Speed Kings, and uh, the latest record is called uh, After All, It's Been Forever. Yes. Yeah. And another one coming out uh, at the at probably in the fall of this year, of, of uh, 2017. Uh, we're going to record it actually in about three weeks at oh, my sweet. little brother's studio in Greenville, South Carolina. Cool. Yeah. So really happy about that. Oh, nice. Well, something something new. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, I think that <clears throat> I, I think that of all the things that I could have done after getting out of college, this has been one of the most fun. Uh, I don't regret doing it. The experience has been wonderful. Like you said, I've seen a lot of the country. I've gotten to play music. To a lot of different people. So New Orleans was was always your home base, right? New Orleans was our home base. Yeah, okay. I grew up in South Carolina in Greenville, but uh, after college, I moved to New Orleans in '93. Uh, and was that because of the music? It was, well, I was supposed to go to graduate school, but I didn't really make it to the class as much. I started playing <laughs> music for money, and I realized that was what I wanted to do, so I kind of dropped out of the master's degree program. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, and it, it, you know, finding it, when you're starting out, it's so difficult to find guys to play with and then to get gigs and to get some notoriety and just to get some attention because there's so many people doing this. It's very difficult to get attention. Mm. Um, or at least it was back then. Uh, I don't, I can only imagine now it seems a lot easier now when I, I'll do something and it's, uh, it really, uh, seems like the all of the things that i was talking about like 
YouTube. You can be on YouTube. You can be on Pandora. You can have your music for sale on iTunes. And it does so much of that work for you. Right. I remember having to go to, you know, we would, the way we would do it uh, is we would go out, like I said, for two or three weeks and we'd go to a string of club dates and uh, say we'd go to Shreveport. We'd be on our way from New Orleans. We'd go up to Shreveport. Where's the city? It's in Louisiana. It's at the top of Louisiana, right? So you go to Shreveport and then you might go to, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Kansas City, go to Chicago, Dallas, whatever, however you route your trip, right? right? And each night you're in a different place. And if you sell, you know, if it's a light night and you only sell five, 10 CDs, it's not, and of course, that was the main way that people would purchase and listen to music back then. Right. Uh, you know, you may or may not come back there. You you probably come back there again and see if you can make it a little better. But sometimes you go to a market, like we go into Memphis, and there'd be like, you know, 100, 200 people at the show, and you sell 50 to 70 CDs your first time there. Mm-hmm. Well, then you immediately try to book that again on your next time through and try to build that market. Yeah. So there were little pockets of success. I look at them as little pockets of success <laughs> buried around the country. You know, in Denver, we did really well. And, um, you know, in some of the towns around Denver and Keystone, some of the ski resorts, we did really well. We, we went to Albuquerque as a part of that routing, uh, I don't know how many times, and never did shit. Like, you know, it just, you never knew, right. you know, we go to Albuquerque, we play at the, some of the best places in that city. And for some reason it just didn't catch on, right. you know? Huh. And so after a few times you just, you know, pick somewhere else to go. Right. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, granted, I'm telling anyone who's listening to this, this is how you fail in the music business. Cause <laughs> I didn't, we never, you know, made any real big money out of it or anything, but I wouldn't say that it was a failure because it was a lot of fun and it was something that, um, I meet so many guys that want to do that and they're not sure how and they're not able to sort of get it together to go and do that at, at, at that – I won't say at that level because it wasn't glamorous, but really at that pace. Right. You know? Um, because so, it, it was your, like your uh, full-time job. It was my full-time yeah. job. To be able to say that you play – it was really cool. People would say, hey, Jim, what do you do for a living? And I would say, oh, I'm a guitar player. Right. I'm, I play music. And right. it was – that's – I. Man, I love well, saying that. That's a dream of a lot of people. It know? is. It's a dream of a lot of people. So I think when you're locked in it and you're sort of, you know, fighting against your own, you know, inner demons and you're like, oh, you know, you, you're you a failure or whatever you're telling yourself, uh, it's important to remember that there's always usually somebody that would trade places with you gladly. Right. Yeah. You know, That's to someone you look like a success. You know, to yourself, you may look like a failure, right. but to somebody, probably a lot of people, they think, "Wow, that's really cool." Yeah, you know, and it's like, "Wow, you know, if I'm I'm bitching and moaning, like, you know, if I see one more shitty hotel room and a gig <laughs> with nobody at it, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow my brains out." But you know, somebody else would be like, "Man, I sure would love to go on that trip with you guys." Right? You know, yeah, because I mean, that's 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 you know, like. Um, it's a dream for many people mm. to just travel around and, and and you know the idea of the the road and yeah yeah it's a romantic it's a romantic thing, but then you know and there's funny 
you know, many, many funny stories uh, about, you know, and not just from playing the gigs. I mean, I, I remember, I remember a lot of the shows, but I remember odd things more than that, like the donut place in Virginia, you know, or uh, I remember the time when we, you know, found a Popeye's chicken in somewhere out in the desert somewhere in the in the southwest and it was so unusual back then you know popeyes wasn't really a national thing it was like oh shit there's a popeyes popeyes from new, new orleans, orleans right yeah, yeah so yeah. we were like we're gonna get some chicken you know <laughs> and uh all of us I lo- forgetting i love that we're getting back to food again yeah like, we gotta get back to food that was what we you know uh, it was a it was that kind of band. We didn't run on alcohol or drugs. We ran on fried chicken and shit like that. Um, but we said, we're going to get some chicken. And so we pulled in. And uh, there's this picture that I've got somewhere. Again, embarrassingly, this was really kind of before everybody. Well, certainly before smartphones. And everybody had their you know, camera at the ready. But I've got this picture somewhere. And I have no idea who took it because the all of the band members are gathered around the hood of uh, this vehicle we were in that day. And uh, the chicken is all spread out on the hood. Like there's boxes of chicken and biscuits and big thing of mashed potatoes. And I mean, we're just, we are going to town on this chicken. And all of us have forgotten what digestive issues Popeye's chicken tends to bring on. Oh, man. And we have miles to go. Miles to go. <laughs> miles without stopping. Miles and- with no bathroom. <laughs> and so we all kind of remember about two or three hours into that drive why it was a bad idea to eat Popeye's in the middle of a road trip. But uh, it was still, you know, just <laughs> funny, fun things. Uh, being out, uh, gone on an adventure with your friends. Right, yeah, but that, that's that's basically uh, that's what it, it is, right? That's I mean, it. You know, you throw all your, you leave all your cares and worries at wherever you are leaving from, and you know, for the next two three weeks, all you got to worry about is being on time to the place where you need to play your guitar, right? And that's really fun. That sounds like awesome. It really is awesome. <laughs> it really is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, as long as you're uh, able to maintain it with your family life and. Right. Uh, monetarily, it can be a little bit of a challenge sometimes, and you just have to adjust your lifestyle to the to the uh, in a way that will allow you to do what you want to do. Right, and I'm sure that's the same thing with everything. You know, I, I I've never been one to to have a job that someone else has given me. I've always made my own thing. Right. Um, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's better for me. But <clears throat> you know, I know that that comes with with trade offs. You know, right. I may. I may be successful at whatever I'm doing at any given time, you know, monetarily, but maybe I'm just in the beginning stages of it. And maybe I need to adjust my consumption level or my expectations accordingly, knowing that I'm delaying that gratification until later. You know? Right. Yeah. You got to, you got to be patient. And I think, I don't know. Delayed gratification. Delayed I mean, gra- if, if, yeah. if you're, if you're able, I'm pretty sure there's been research proving that that's one of the keys to success you know i'm sure it is i'm sure that that's a that's got to be an indicator of your level of happiness your level of success yeah and also probably also has to do with intelligence on some level you know maybe maybe you know but you can be smart and want something real fucking bad 
That's true. Yeah. yeah. Real bad, you know, and, and in a way that it just, and sometimes too, with like uh, playing music, there's, there's no, there's no way to, uh, you can't go down and buy a book or take a class. I mean, well, they do have books. Somebody will always sell you a book, but, mm-hmm. um, you know how to do this. You right. know how to play music for a living. Yeah. Well, there's, oh man, like there's there's even uh, like in in the Netherlands there's even um, a uh, school for rock. Like, hey man, if you go to school here, you'll be a rock star. I'm like, really? No, it doesn't really work that really? way. No, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> they can teach you some stuff that you need to know, maybe. But you know, at the end of the day, it's you. It's it's like. Yeah. How good of a hustler are you? Because that's right. what we spent most of our time doing is working the phones, trying to find people, agents yeah. that would book us. You know, that's, that's the, that was going to be your next question. Like, how do you line up your your gigs, and how do you how do you find however you can, man? And it's it, it you now see again. I'm handicapped in this explanation by uh, the time when we did it. So much has changed. In such a short amount of time, uh, yeah. the internet is a wealth of information, and now there are all sorts of services that will help you. You know, I'm making little air quotes with my fingers for those of you who can't see me, which is all of you. Uh, <laughs> that will help you get your music out there, right? And there, are, like I said, you know, great resources for that: Pandora, YouTube, blah blah blah. But, but is, well, you you've got to go. You've got to at the end of the day, if you're going to play a gig. Somebody has to be willing to either let you come and play for free or give you money to come play music at a physical location somewhere. That means that you have to have, you have to be there. Yeah, you got to. You have to have the equipment required. You have to have the skill required. You have to have the material to play. You have to have the uh, skill to communicate well with your audience you know all these little things you know that it could be something as small as you know having decent equipment that sounds good or something as big as as you know not having stage fright so that you can get up there and you're gonna be really a long way from home you're gonna walk into a room full of people that you don't know anybody there you have no idea who any of them are they may or may not even want you there they may not even want you to be playing and you have to go in there and and play right and you have to face that and you have to win them over mm. you know sometimes you do sometimes you don't um ambivalence is the worst thing you know not getting any sort of reaction at all is is right. a, it's a that's the worst thing i'd rather somebody hate me right. than be ambivalent <laughs> yeah but uh, our culture where's and many cultures i don't think just the american culture because now it's uh so pervasive you know People look at screens now. They don't look at real people anymore. So they don't – I've noticed that in the last three or four years, people – audiences will sit and watch us. And they'll they, – I can tell they're liking it. You know, they're, they're enjoying it. I can. I know what it looks like when somebody's enjoying the music. I know what it looks like when somebody's not. Right. These people are enjoying it. And they're actually – they're not – they're not distracted. They're paying attention. But then the song is over and they don't – quite know what to do yeah yeah applause and the audience reaction is an old school thing really but kind of you know some people know well depends on where you are if you're somewhere like austin texas they're gonna know but if you're in somewhere like 
you know, in the southeast or some places in the Midwest. That's an interesting observation, gonna, actually. You know, yeah. they're just going to look at it. They're used to watching things on YouTube. Yeah. You don't interact huh. with those things. True. You know, it's not your instinct to <clears throat> applaud when, when that's over. True, yeah. Well, it was funny. Like, um, I, I was in New Orleans this weekend, and um, we were sitting in this... Uh, uh, lunch plays and they, they had a guy with a keyboard and a lady singing it was great it's jazz and when the song was over uh, no one was applauding everyone was kind of looking and kind of you, you saw people thinking hmm should I clap or shouldn't and I, and I just started clapping and, and Good people, for you. Were, people were like oh well okay I, I guess yeah. I just gave them permission you to did. applaud too you did and by the third or second song everyone was applauding everyone yeah but it was so interesting to see just kind of the non-reaction people kind of has the deer in the headlight stare like oh what, what should i do well to be the first one to applaud you have yes. to be the one to call attention to yourself yeah and so some people are nervous about that too right you know yeah. so it, it, and if you're in a big you know and again i'm i'm sort of demonstrating our our lack of a following i mean because it, it's uh <laughs> you know we're always in these smaller clubs and you know, the biggest things we ever did were, you know, we got to play the New Orleans uh, Jazz and Heritage Festival, which is Jazz Fest, which is a great thing. And we did that a couple of years. What's and the audience? Uh, that size? audience, there's thousands of people. That's awesome. You know, that's a big thing. And, you know, sometimes we would play at House of Blues in different cities or, that's cool, you know, man. clubs like Tipitina's. And yeah. there would be, you know, a couple thousand people there or whatever. And that that is a wonderful thing. But then the very next night, we'll be at, you know, Bobo's Pizza shack somewhere else and there's a tv above my head and there's like 20 people in there and you know so it's a lot of up and ups and downs right when you're at our level so um people if you're in a small place which is more often than not the case for uh you know an artist like myself you will uh don't keep down playing run, yourself. <laughs> you will run you will run into people that are reluctant to draw attention to themselves. They're not going to jump up and go, oh my God, that was great. Right. Y'all are fantastic. You know, they're they're more <laughs> apt to just sort of look. Now, they're going to buy something from me. They're hmm. going to buy the music that I have to sell them. So I know <clears> they <throat> like it. But they're maybe, you, what you did at, at the place where you were um, sitting in New Orleans, that's very helpful because you're you're allowing, you're showing them that it's okay. It's like, Hey, let me remind you that this is sort of the social contract between the performer and the audience. Right. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. going to give you our very best performance and all you got to do is acknowledge it a little bit, you know, <laughs> and then we'll be happy. Right. And that's a that's a great uh thing and it in some some cases it it's 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 become uh more difficult to get out of people you know it's the interaction they're not used to interacting yeah. with what they're watching well, I, I find that uh, a lot of people are also socially awkward yes more i mean maybe it's uh i don't know like t to me it seems that more people are socially awkward today than five to ten years ago maybe uh, i could be wrong do you I think mean, that's more to do with the fact that we communicate more via devices rather than in person yeah i think so i mean like oh. if you're uh, if you're waiting for the bus or whatever or mm -hmm. you know like it's so much easier and safer to look at your phone than yeah. strike up a conversation yeah. with the person next to you because he or she might <laughs> reject you and embarrass you you know it's you never of, know and it, it i think that we're i don't know that we're losing our ability to um to communicate 
uh, spontaneously with strangers, really. Yeah. But it is becoming more difficult, yeah. especially if you are... Um, I have noticed that if... You know, if you're standing waiting for something and the other person is sitting there looking at their phone, you're you're That's less kind of, likely. You know, it's a wall. Yeah, it's yeah. a wall. Yeah, you're less likely to say, make some offhanded, com- uh, you know, offhand comment about something that'll sort of get the conversation going. Right, but people still really like it though, because yeah. I, I notice when when I'm the one starting a conversation, even uh-huh. if it's silly or whatever, like it, sure. it, it has to be about nothing. And when when I do. People just light up immediately, like they they're like thankful, like oh wow, okay, right, let's, yeah, let's talk, you know, yeah. People people still like it. It's but like it's, oh wow, they want to talk to me. I wonder yeah, if it's a yeah. if it's a situation where they are mostly. Um, and look, I do this too. Yeah, it's no, like wow, me too. We all do it. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but I'll I'll have the thought of I'll just go ahead and assume sometimes that they don't want to talk. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not you know any sort of deep seated self-hatred like oh well, they don't want to talk to me i'm actually pretty fun to talk to but it, it, i just assume right. that they would prefer not to engage yeah. in anything and that's and that's that's a sad thing because uh you know you actually i i have people that are that have been in my life for years and those people and i met by chance somewhere and i started talking to them say you know at a restaurant while i'm waiting on it to go order or something you know and yeah. I'll talk, we'll talk about music and then before you know it i'll say hey well if you like that kind of music here's my stuff you check out my stuff and you know they'll be they'll i i, I have friends that i've had for 10 or 20 years that it, they the the relationship starts with a with a conversation a stupid conversation in a silly place somewhere right. you know yeah <clears throat> and you would have missed out on all of that had that you know that not occurred so i wonder what we're missing sometimes hmm. you know what are we missing by keeping our faces buried in our phones you true know? yeah and there's so much not to you know well we can talk about whatever we want to but i i will say this there's too much i believe there's too much information available there's too much of the world available oh, on yeah. your phone you get this sense of i think that people are actually depressed about a lot of things because they 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 think that the world is getting more dangerous they think that 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 uh that we're in you know danger of of uh of all being killed from terrorism or we're all you know gonna die from global warming or whatever it is and you say oh look at all these disasters there have always been disasters there have always been murders there have always been bad things that happen but the difference is that now you know about every single one right. of them instantaneously well, as if, soon as they happen if you want to you can read all day for you can read 24 hours a day about horrible things That's happening exactly and right. you still wouldn't read like a thousand of what's out there yes yeah but also too <laughs> if you went out if you spent that time not reading about bad shit or any good or even good shit if you just went out and lived a normal life that day nothing bad would happen to you the chances right. are yeah. <laughs> very slim very slim yeah. that anything disastrous would happen to you uh you could go your whole life without actually witnessing all of the things that people are very worried about on a daily basis that's very true yeah well, so it, it heaps up the negativity you know so that and and that i think in turn causes us to turn even more inward because yeah. if there's all this fear like that scary world yeah scary, scary people. world scary people right. yeah yeah 
Yeah. Hmm. Very weird, man. I, I, you know, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful invention. Yeah. I I think we're just still getting used to it because it's still very new. We've only had it for five or so years and now it's like optimized, you know, like every phone now is really fast and you can find everything and it's like big screens and it's like right in your face and yeah, 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 it's, it's. Yeah, well, it's yeah. an age thing too. I mean, I know that you know I'm older than you. You're 30, and um, I'm 46, and I I came along right in that shoulder time where at the beginning of my life uh, there were no cell phones, there was no email, there was no internet, and now in the you know the last two thirds of my life, it's everywhere right you know so i remember it's even in your fridge now it's in here yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got smart fr- smart fridge yeah and you, you can talk to your fridge <laughs> it's like who knew you needed to talk to your fridge yeah, you can you can control your fridge yeah. with an app on your phone now <laughs> i mean it's uh, it's crazy man you know it's like wow you can actually look in your fridge yeah, i seen to yeah. see what yeah. you need to buy at the store so you don't need to uh you know uh, make the list i i wonder if funny um, thing is though like the the generation like the the, the uh, kids that are um like really young now yeah interestingly they care less about their phone than people my age now explain that to me. I'd like to know yeah. a little more about that because I would assume it would be the opposite. Because I think it's normal to them. It's like we when, when oh yeah, it's not special, huh? Yeah, when when it came about, we were like, oh wow, this is amazing, and they they grew up knowing they take only this, and they just take it for granted. Well, you know, yeah. So I think it's just uh, oh, that's good. I like hearing that. Yeah, I hope that that's true. Yeah, like that gen- that generation is. Uh, they also is expected to be. The most conservative generation since like the nineteen fifties or something. Oh man! Yeah, like they they don't they don't care about tattoos and then yeah, you know, yeah. and then they 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 you know they're all about like family values and all that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, their family may look a little different, but they're all about the you know as long as we can yeah. get through all of the. You it know, makes sense when 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 you think about it though, yeah. because like right now, like you like. You, when you're a kid, what your parents are doing or what older people are doing is not cool. That's true. Everyone's got tattoos now. Hey yeah. man, look at all those grown-ups with right. fucking dumb tattoos. Yeah, my mom's got tattoos that got all sleeved that. up. I'm yeah. not going to get that. <laughs> She's on her phone all the time on Facebook. That's lame. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's true. I thought sense. of it that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, they will rebel. And when they, when they rebel, they'll rebel the other way. So I guess yeah. you're right. It could be, you know, they could get married and go to church as a yeah. way of rebelling, you know? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That'd be funny. Oh, that's something else, man. Yeah. yeah so, I, I, you know, and you see it, just the way that the music business has changed. And they, everybody says that, oh, the music business is not a business anymore. You can't make any money. That is certainly not true. There's more ways for you. I think that all of the changes that have come have been good. It has killed the record business as we knew it before. Right. But now That's you are in complete control. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you can still make money. You can still, but now it's, you know, the means of production are <clears throat> at your fingertips right. for a very little money. Look at what I got here, too. You know? Yeah, like I look got what a, we're talking I, in. I got a, like a, like a tiny little, well, I got a, recording studio here that's the size of a big phone i guess and look at the look at what we're doing we're we're we are conversing we're essentially doing a long form talk radio show 
right on your porch uh, on on the porch and you did not have to get a job to do this nobody is looking over your shoulder there's no sponsor right. that's breathing down your neck that's saying hey you've got to do such and such you're allowed to talk to whomever you want wish and for however long and about whatever you want right and that's a great thing you didn't have to uh, you know, sweep the floor at the radio station for two years and then be an intern and then, uh, you know, work your way up the chain. Makes for a less cool story, though. Like, well, hey, man, I started at the bottom cleaning toilets. <laughs> I'm sure you cleaned a toilet before. I you did, just didn't yeah. have to do it for this. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> and a sponsor would be nice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I'm just starting out, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Sponsorship, gotta, baby. Got to get listeners first. Got to get them okay. dollars. <laughs> yeah. Got to get them dollars. Well, I'm sure once that you put it out that you've got Big Jim Brown on your podcast. Yes, the listeners will roll in. Yeah. I could, I could promise you at least two, maybe three. <laughs> well, I, mean, <laughs> well I, can, I can maybe, uh, you know, cost. Two or three people to if, buy some CDs. If you, of you, if you man, build like, it, they will come, my friend. <laughs> you just yeah. if you and that goes back to something else too. Uh, you know how many records have I sold in in less than twenty thousand records out of uh, in in all this time, and that is not an amount. That's an amount that would have gotten me dropped from any record label that I had been signed to had I ever been signed to one. Um, but I am happy doing that because I feel like that I am able to, I just want to make, I'm able to make music and share it with people. Right. You know, and that, that's, it, that's coming from the right place. It you is. Know? Like that's, that's what I want to do with this too. Like I didn't start this necessarily, well necessarily, I mean, it would be nice, but I didn't, sure. didn't start this necessarily to make, to get rich of it. Or yeah. Whatever. I just, you know, I just enjoyed talking to people and hearing their stories. And if you give good content, if you make something good, if you make something interesting and it's interesting to you and you feel like that you would like to listen to it, other people will too. Hmm. Um, there may not be, uh, it may surprise you what those people are like, uh, that you may, uh, be surprised at who likes your stuff, uh, who, who listens to your show. If it's good, it's worth doing. Right. If it's interesting to you, it's worth doing. If it makes you feel somehow fulfilled again, it's worth doing. Right. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah. And that's, then it's worth doing, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes that's all there is. Right. And so that's a very important part of it. Right. I think that a lot of people, you know, I've known <clears throat> some people who have had a, a lot of success in the music business or in, um, you know, in the movie business or, um, uh, you know, different things that are not just, you know, uh, performance based, but some people find monetary success in their field. And they feel trapped, right? Because now they have expectations of doing things a certain way. And while I'm sure that the money helps them get over that, they do. They do say, "Wow, I wish I could go back to the way it was before." Blah blah blah. You know, when mm-hmm. I could just do what I wanted to do. Right. And they miss something in that. So you know, I guess there's always a trade off, no matter what level you're at. But uh, as long as you enjoy it, as long as it's good to you. Man, you can't miss because right. at least at the end of the day, you can be proud of what you've done. True that, yeah, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think uh, like money is nice. Money is money is not 
bad or evil or great or whatever. It, it's you know, it's great to have, but I don't think it should never be your main objective. I think money just provides you with an opportunity, right? You know, money is they say money is power. I think it's power to do to be independent. Yes, you know, and, that, power that, and to, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always always good to have choices, and I think the more money you have, the more choices you have. Uh, maybe uh, I, at but least I again, imagine that's yeah. true. true. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but now you know. So now it it's uh it's a matter of 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 doing something instead of. You know, like I said, I'm going to make another record uh, at the end of the year and put it out. And I don't worry about, oh, my God, did, you know, are we going to, you know, are we going to be able to, to tour with this? Or are we going to be able to sell this or whatever? I'm just yeah, like, hey, is it good? Do I like it? Do I want to listen to it right. again and again? And if I do, then I'm happy. If I, if I don't, then why do it? Yeah. You know? True. Why do it? But that was one thing I was curious about too. Um, like you said earlier, that it was uh, easier now to get your name out there. Mm. Uh, but uh, b- before the internet was out there, you would sell uh, CDs to to get your music out there. But now you would. Uh, do you get income from? Pandora or, or yes. iTunes, well, and they said more or less or equal. Or you get more. Well, you get more income from iTunes because that's a straight transaction. You know, um, the, the the other stuff. It's like, a, uh, are there enough views to uh, share in the ad revenue? And right. that's a that for somebody like us. There's never enough really to to generate any uh, any ad revenue money. Uh, but you know iTunes is a straight deal. You know, right. it's a 50-50 split, which is way better than you would get from any record company. Yeah. So if somebody buys my record, you know, I get money, real right. money. And uh you can you can set it up to where you get paid at uh, certain levels. Like they'll accumulate money and then they'll send you when it hits this certain amount, right. they'll send you a check or they'll do a transfer or whatever you want to do. <clears throat> and it's um it, you know, it's it's the same. I, w- I will say that if I were still traveling like before, I would be making more money on the sale of my music because I would physically still be selling it like I was before. Right. Uh, and then it would probably support and drive traffic to iTunes and all of that sort of synergy stuff that you would ideally like to have. But I've set up a life for myself that doesn't involve traveling around the country anymore right yeah and i gotta tell you i'm pretty happy about that i don't really i'm not itching to go get back in the van i still like playing music uh we just do it closer to home and if we're gonna go do something it will be a special occasion rather than what we do all the time um and now you know i we're sitting on this on the porch of uh, this music school that i started eight years ago where we teach kids and adults how to play in in bands together and it's it's kind of like people say it's like the movie school of rock but that that (laughs) phrase is trademarked by the way so it is not like school of rock but it is kind of like school of rock um and so we you know it's a it's a fun it's a way you know music is still a big part of my life uh i get to inspire that in other people it's really a lot of fun uh make people smile all day 
It's still a wonderful thing. Uh, and I'm not traveling around playing my music. I still do uh, play. We probably do two or three gigs a month, you know, and as opposed to, you know, doing 25 gigs a month, it's much better. I like it. It's kind uh, of full circle. I mean, it is. It yeah. is. And I, I, I sleep in my own bed and um, I'm happy. I'm probably a little bit happier. Um, it's just a different phase, I think. Yeah, just different phase. I'm not. I'm not driven and 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 always worried about being, you know, accomplishing something that was not really ever in my control. You know, we it wasn't from. We worked very hard, and we worked very hard for a very long time. And I'm happy with what we accomplished. I was not happy with what we accomplished at the time. Right. In retrospect, I feel good about it because now I'm able to sort of step back and say, wow, you know, I was looking forward to this sort of hazy dream of becoming a rock, you know, famous rock star, whatever that means. You know, there were rooms that I would play in where I would be a famous rock star. And then (laughs) then there were, you know, I'd walk outside of that room and I was no longer you know anything like that and i think at the time it used to really bother me i was like wow you know why are we not at whatever level i aspired to be at the time and well you know I, like it's, it's good to dream big you know it because- is but you also have to be be enough you're that's the thing you know i kind of learned that your own your own life your life outside of whatever it is that you're doing has to be enough because at no matter what happens, you are always yourself. You, you, you're never going to escape who you are. Right. So that you have to be okay without all of that. You have to be happy and, and fulfilled without all of that. And now that I look back on it, I'm like, wow, you know, look at all this cool stuff we used, we got to do. Look, you know, I got to, to travel and play music for a living. That There's so few people that get to say that. True. That yeah. in and of itself is a great goal to have achieved. And I should be, and I am. I'm happy about that. I'm proud of it, and and uh, we got to we got to kind of do that, and it was neat. Uh, at the time, it was different. The men, the mentality was, man, we were hungry for something. I'm not sure exactly what. Um, evidently, Popeye's fried chicken, <laughs> but we were hungry for this level of success that was just always seemed to be out of our reach. So it wasn't very fulfilling at the time. But now I look back on it. And it was a great experience, but well, I think uh, you got to be okay without it, right? Yeah, without the success, you got to let the experience be enough. That's a, that's good wisdom uh, in general for life. I think. I think so. Yeah, the experience is, and really, at the end of the day, the experience is all you got. The experience and the relationships, the love, and the the, uh, the all the feelings. Those are the real things that 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 are happening. It's like uh, this is. I think I think a lot of times we 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 spend a lot of time looking forward and we spend a lot of time looking back. And so our present is less important to us maybe when we're younger. I don't know. And maybe even now because I still struggle with these things. You got to be in the moment. You got to right. love you got to love just this this sitting here talking with you doing this. This is a wonderful thing that we're yeah, doing. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And yeah. it's a great you know that that's enough. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah. It's good. 
That's pretty wise right there. I mean, that sounded pretty good right there. It, it I, is, I almost yeah. believe that shit. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a philosophy show. <laughs> oh, man. No, but um, so how how would you, back to the band, like how, yeah. how, how would you guys travel? Would you have a van? Would you have multiple cars? Would you have mm. a, a We started a out. Bus, we private started, jet? Oh, man. The private jet didn't come till later. Limo. Limo. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, uh, we started out. Uh, the first year or so, I had a, a Chevrolet Blazer, That's like which a is SUV, a, right? a small SUV. For those of you who don't know, I'm good. A four hour, a four door SUV uh, with, and we would pull a trailer, a little six by ten trailer, and all of our um, equipment would be in the back of that trailer. <clears throat> Pardon me, and. Uh, we did that for I don't know a year or two, and then how many we, people in the in the car? Three or four, depending on if we had a helper. Okay, so it was three in the band, and sometimes we'd have a helper or a driver. But that didn't really happen back in the Blazer days. <laughs> uh, it, it, about the third year, the beginning, the end of the second year, we got a uh, very very nice customized Chevrolet van with the high top on it and the TV in the back and the oh, captain's wow. chair, the leather and the lighting, you know, the recessed lighting and all of that. <laughs> and it was very, and we put the trailer in the back of that. And that's when we started traveling with a driver guy that would load stuff, sound man, you know, whatever he would do. And that's cool. He had all these jobs. Uh, and, but not all the time. A lot of times when we would go out, we would have uh, just the three of us. And, uh, it uh, it was nice, you know. I mean, we we were sort of self sufficient at that point. We could we could do anything we needed to do in there. It was like a dressing room on wheels, and uh, we went through. We burned through two of those two uh, of those vans. Two of those vans. There was another one after that, just like it. And well, what happened? Look. They hit about three hundred something thousand miles, and it was time to get something new. <laughs> three hundred thousand miles. That's <laughs> the Blazer had two seventy five. The first van hit three hundred, and the next one was damn close. <laughs> so oh, wow. a lot of miles on those vehicles, uh, and but that's what you're doing. You're just driving. You're driving. You're eating. You're playing. You're sleeping. That's right. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. It's not all you know. I, you know, I know that if we had had a different experience, again, that's our experience. That's sort of a do-it-yourself, sort of, uh, you know, different way. You always imagine in the movies, like, or on TV, you know, the band is in this big bus. And there are plenty of bands out there in a big bus. Yeah. yeah. And I remember at one point, we looked into a big bus. And I was like, mainly because I said, I really kind of want to do that. It's always been a dream of mine to do a tour in a big bus because that always seemed like, you know, you were the shit. If you had right. a big bus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and there are bands that do that. Holy Jesus. They must come home with no money at the end of the show. It's so expensive to have a big bus. You, you got to pay for the gas. The fuel it burns, right? Yeah, the fuel it burns, the driver. The uh, the cost of the bus, you lease them. Nobody owns, I mean, you know, like super big people own their bus. But I think most people lease them. And then, of course, in Nashville, there's this big company that'll lease you a bus, and they'll give you a driver, and you can go wherever you want to go. Right. You just got to pay the bill. <laughs> yeah. And so I have no idea how they do that. Uh, because there are bands that I've never heard of, and they got a big-ass bus. But, you know, God bless them. I don't know. The money's coming from somewhere. We were We were trying to make money 
to support families. And so any money we could save, we would never have a bus. Right. You know, that's going to cost us what? You know, uh, that's just too much money. So we stuck with the van thing, man, and it worked really well. Um, and I, th- I, th- you know, I think that if you manage your, again, you got to manage your expectations. You got to say, hey, well, bus would be nice, but we're going to let that, we're going to just wait on that. Right. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my friends, he, uh, he was in a band too, and they, um, they bought, they bought a bus. They bought a, uh, a big, like a big, um, it used to be like, like it was like a Greyhound style bus. Mm-hmm. It had the uh, six wheels. Yeah, and uh, they bought it from uh, from a church. Oh yeah, it was from from the nineteen seventies, and it it has it had like eight, eighty thousand miles on it, which mm-hmm. is nothing for for right. a bus. And um, but yeah, they they just they just had trouble. Like they they had that to keep some it bitch running. Break down on them yep. though. Yes, yep. sir. It happened, and a full tank. Of, Full tank of diesel is more than a thousand dollars. Absolutely, <laughs> and it's idling all night while you're in there soaking up your AC. <laughs> yeah, that's just too that's too Cadillac for me, man. It had the uh, Detroit diesel mm-hmm. two stroke diesel yeah. V8, yeah. and, and it, it sounded like a machine gun. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, man. The thing was huge, and and you know the the band fell apart before they got to properly use it, and then yeah. they had to sell it, and someone. Stole the stole the radiators out of them, and it was just you know just a money pit in every way. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, you know that's the truth, and I've, I'll leave you with. I'll tell you one more funny story here as we wrap it up. But uh, I I I had we were in. I don't remember where we were. We were at some club somewhere, a long way from home, and uh, there was a three band bill. That means that there are two other bands playing same night we are right and we're sharing the bill and uh the band that was supposed to go on first was not there we had sound check we were there the other band was there and uh we were supposed to go second and the other band was closing the show and none of us wanted to relinquish our because the second and the third spot really the second spot is the best spot in a three-band bill because there are going to be more people there most people yeah. most people yeah so we didn't want to go first and the, the promoter was like hey can you guys uh go ahead and start the other band is uh not here and i'm like uh we're we're gonna wait you know let's we're just we'll just wait it's okay she said well i just talked to him and uh they got uh, they're having bus trouble they've got this old school bus and they're having bus trouble and they're 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 not gonna be here in time and i said wait a minute do they have an old school bus or an old school bus because it makes a fucking difference (laughs) it turns out it was an old school bus (laughs) not an old school bus that's much cooler than an old school bus and uh yeah man they were broke down by the side of the road and i don't think they ever showed up at all so they never made it so we uh, but i remember being in uh playing at festivals and that was always a good thing for us if we could get a festival on one of our trips that was great because it usually pays pretty good and it's the opportunity for us to play in front of more people because yeah. there, there, are, there are people there to see these other acts so we can kind of <laughs> come in and, and play uh, 
but I remember being in the parking lot backstage and it would be like bus, bus, a single our thing. van, bus, <laughs> bus, you know, and we were just sandwiched in there and uh, it's like, yeah, but we're going to, we're going to come home with money. Yeah. You guys are all broke. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, I think with, with, um, with a bus, I think it's the same as a luxury car. Yeah. It's only fun when you buy it new. Yeah. And, and you can buy like a, a BMW or Cadillac for 5000 bucks. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to go very far. No. And if you if you buy them new, they're like 80000 or or 100000 then yeah. yeah. If you can afford to pay for it, God bless you. <laughs> but otherwise, you need to be realistic and say, look, you know, we're, we are... Uh, I mean, we drove that. We drove the Blazer with the trailer behind it, probably longer than we had to. But that car was paid for, right? You know, and that that was a reliable little car. It never left us anywhere. You know, we were a little cramped, and it wasn't very glamorous. Right? There was no there was no rock and roll glory in that. Is, is that the car, by the way, that's on the cover of the live album? It is. <laughs> yeah, that's the Blazer with the trailer, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's what that was. And uh, it it uh, we had to immortalize it. I think we put the silhouette of that on the back of a T-shirt one time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was fun time. And did you give the car a name? Or no, you know, you'd think we would have named all these vehicles, but we never named any of them. <laughs> it was just the fucking van, <laughs> the fucking blazer. That was it. Uh, that was it. That was just referred to as a. I mean, it was the place where we would go when we were forced back out onto the highway but it was it was a wonderful thing man i remember uh you know being in uh there's a band that i really like called the drive-by truckers yes and they are road warriors man those guys have carved out a place for themselves they were doing what they were doing what we were doing at the same time and i was not aware of them then nobody was they persevered and kept on and found a way to make it pay and i'm so happy for them i don't know them personally but i love their stuff and to me they're just the yeah their music's cool they've come up the hard way and i respect them so very much they're still at it and they still travel and i know they're old they're 10 years older than i am so i know that it just kills them to still be doing that but i know they love it too but they sing a song it's not uh, an easy life it's not an easy yeah. life you know and they sing a song uh called hell no i ain't happy which is about that and it's about being in the van you know six crammed in we ain't never alone and ain't homesick ain't got no home and they they that song is uh very telling and he says in that song he says i've seen the mountains of montana at 7 a.m and it's funny because i've seen all of these things uh, I know what he's talking about because I've seen all of these things that people travel to see, like the the arches over the Mississippi River in St. Louis, and uh, you know buffalo in the in the Rocky Mountains grazing in a field, and all these things. But I've seen them at all these fucked up times of day, <laughs> like I've seen because I'm passing through in the middle of the night. It's like. Oh, it's four in the morning. There's the arches. There they go. Yep. And I'm and I'm always driving past them. Like we're never stopping. You, you know, you guys like never we're on our just way. For like, for like two well, minutes we would or sometimes, like sometimes. You know, but most of the time you're you're going. You know, you're right. en route. You're, you're on a mission. <laughs> you're on a mission, and the drummer's asleep, and the bass player's watching a movie in the back, and I'm driving, and we got gas. Nobody has to pee, so there's no reason to stop. Right. You know, we got to be somewhere. We got to go. Got to do, and. uh 
so I I, re- I I really identify with that song because yeah I know I know what he's talking about you know seen you see all this really cool stuff and it doesn't mean that you don't appreciate it doesn't mean that it's not interesting right but you do see it at these fucked up times of day and and there's and it's it's a surreal experience sometimes it's like yeah i've seen i have seen cool shit like like a full moon in colorado out away from any light pollution and there are you know uh you know something really beautiful like uh you know there'll be the the bison out there in the field you know and they're all bedded down or whatever they do and and you know it, it, you look around there's not another soul for who knows how far you yeah. know and you're out there doing this thing it's wednesday night everybody else is home in bed getting ready for work the next day it's a really cool feeling because you're it's almost like you're an outlaw from yeah. life you know it's like wow you know I'm doing this. I this is so that. much fun, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's just a different experience, not for everybody, but I'm, I, I certainly wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't go back and not do it. And yeah, um, the one doing work that just keeps on, that I keep on thinking about when I, when you tell this, it's an adventure. It's an adventure, man. Yeah. yeah. You throw your guitar in the back of whatever you're driving and you're leaving home for multiple days and all you like i said all you got to worry about is you got to get to the gig right and then you got to play you get to play you don't got to play you get to play yeah that's fun you don't got to play you, you got any like uh, crazy stories you wandered into a road roadhouse style bar like from the movie or some some crazy situation yeah, you know like blues brothers people throwing glass at you I, you're behind chicken wire or thank something. god no we were never <laughs> behind chicken wire and nobody ever threw anything at me i don't think um you know uh, you're, you're in an alcohol fueled environment uh, i mean loose women there's all kind of loose women but <laughs> We managed to avoid most of them. No, uh, you know, there's some funny, there's there's funny shit. I mean, you you see, you kind of get to. I always say this to people when they say, you know, they ask about the obvious thing with a traveling rock band is, well, you had a lot of sex, right? You know, <laughs> and 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 sex is a wonderful thing, and who doesn't love going out and fucking a bunch of strange people? But <laughs> I will say this. We were there, wherever we were, we were working. You right. know, you think about it like this, you know, we're playing music, we're enjoying it, but we're working. And you gotta uh, be professional. You do have to be professional, but also too, just the dynamics of uh what you're doing. Say, you know, you're playing until two in the morning or whatever you're playing until. And at that point, the night is kind of over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's really, if they're still there, they're really they're, fucked up. They're hammered. <laughs> and, you know, hammered women are generally not attractive. But, I, I mean, they can be. They can be. And I'm not saying that they never were. But I'm just, you know, usually what you wind up doing is is sort of feeling sorry for people that are still <laughs> there. Still you know? They're still sticking around. It's like, you need to go home. Make a good decision, sweetheart. And I got to go, and you really should, too. And, uh, you know, I have no idea who you are, and that should probably – let's let's keep it that way. And just good luck to you, and, and uh, 
I hope that sore on your mouth clears up. And- <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus two, you know, I, I said at the beginning of this that you couldn't stay drunk all the time and be successful at this. And I, uh. you certainly can stay drunk all the time and be successful at this. You just have to be a little luckier and have some people around you to take care of you, uh, which requires a lot of monetary success. But uh, the other thing that I, I will sort of make a little addition onto that statement is that it, it also, uh, you know, I know guys that take advantage of every single opportunity they have in that department, and they're busy, man. They're busy. They're they're they got girls everywhere. Girls, girls, girls here. Girls there. I know this girl over in Mobile. I got this other girl up in Tallahassee. You know, and I, girls all over the place. <laughs> and those guys. They're tired. They they get worn out just like guys that drink all the time. And it's hard to have a real life. You know, you have to realize that the it, it can be as adventurous as you want it to be. But if you want to have some stay in power and be at it for a long time, you really kind of have to get over that stuff pretty quick. Right. It has to be enough just to be able to, you know, I would love for some woman to want to go to bed with me. But I kind of rather some woman want to listen to my songs. Right. Yeah. At this point, I'd really kind of prefer that because hmm. it mean more to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it always kind of has. I think we were kind of, I don't know if we're different. I Bands don't talk about the sex thing much, you know, with each other. You know, we kind of <laughs> know the, the dudes that, that are real busy in that department and we kind of talk about them and, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so he was at it again. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of future in that. I mean, you kind of, you're not going to get, you're going to burn out on that too. You're going to cause problems for yourself. You're going to wind up getting somebody pregnant. You're going to get some sort of disease or just, you're just going to get tired. Right. You know, it's going to get old. You got to keep, you got to keep your eyes on the ball, so to speak. (laughs) So to speak. So to speak. Keep your eyes off the titties and keep your eye on the prize. (laughs) Eye on the prize. And, you know, the prize can be whatever you want it to be. For me, it was just always, I just want to, I just want another tour. I just want to book another tour. I want people to listen to us. I want to have a reason to do this. I, I don't want to feel stupid doing this. I want to feel somewhat legitimate. And I, I just, uh, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I want it to be very obvious when you come and see me play why I'm doing it. Right. You know, it may not be your type of music, may not be what you like, but I don't ever want anybody. I want to always be proud enough to say we did that well. Right. You know, like I know why I'm doing this because I do this well, you know, and whatever is required to do that, that's my, that's my holy grail. That's my goal is to, to do it well. Hmm. That sounds like a healthy way to go about it. I reckon so, man. I guess I'm lucky that that was just always the way I thought about it. It never was for an escape, really, or anything. It was just because I that was what I wanted to do when I was little. I was like, man, I want to do that. Hey, you got to do it, man. I got so to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And now you fulfilled your lifelong dream of a podcast <laughs> and go on to greatness. Yeah. Be on serious radio. I see it now. Someday. The bitches lined up. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, uh, well, <laughs> oh, you get married. You can't do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, Howard Stern's getting old, so yeah, Howard t- Stern t- t- taking over his studio. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, that guy's. I I uh, he, I used to listen to him a long time ago. Yeah, and me, I, I me too, actually. But yeah, I don't know. He 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 kind of lost it. I think he's he's just not funny anymore. It's, it was when he went on the America's Got Talent. Yeah. And yeah. he's and, and uh, just got blinded by money, I guess. I guess, but I, I remember just... back in the Jackie days and the Jackie yes. Puppet days, <laughs> and the uh, and the, even even when Artie came, it yes. was still a great show. It was show. Still good. It was funny. It because, was funny because it was just funny for the sake of being funny. And it was. Uh, then I don't know why he changed his show, but whatever. He like, got he got a uh, real politically correct and. You know, and which is the opposite, like of why it was funny in the first place. I it was, think it was I, great because because yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. It <laughs> yeah. was just himself. And I, I, I will say this, and you know, who knows? Who, who am I to say? But I think it was the new wife. Yeah. I mean, you can't marry. And I kind of, I kind of <laughs> see, I kind of see the decline. You know, I mean, when he was right. married to his first wife. And that was when I discovered him, you know, in like 93 <laughs> and was an avid listener until like so good. 2000. And then I kind of came back to the show in, in, uh, Oh three, Oh four, Oh five. And then I, I don't know, man, it just, after Artie left, it was just, it's That's, just weird. It was over. Yeah. After the, it know. really was. It really was. It I have was no just, idea what it's like now. My, uh, it's, it's boring it's yeah. lame it's it's just kind it's, of it's turned into everything he made fun of that's kind of what i was thinking yeah you know yeah. somebody I, I saw this thing that already did on a podcast really his, his podcast yeah and uh he was it, talking about uh how you know he used to make fun of all these people that he's friends with now. yeah yeah that's kind of weird yeah so i don't know Anyway, Howard, you were great at one time, and I'm sure you'll hear this, but you know, if you want to know how to fix your show, you should call us. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the experts. Mm, that's right. Get your little something off this podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, cool. That's probably what made you uh, think that, you know, when you hear somebody well, that's a good communicator. Yeah. I mean, that's... Ever since I started listening to talk radio, like mm-hmm. I, I discovered that when I when I was in the U.S. for the first time, and I had a rental car that had Sirius in it, and they played like old Howard Stern. She was like, "Wow, what's this? This is cool." Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really familiar with that kind of format. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, he really kind of made that format back in the day, man. I mean, you know, there was talk radio, but it was like take some calls. Yeah, uh, you know, the whole thing of just him talking talking making jokes yes and no set commercial break and that was the big thing too back right. then because you know it, the all the stations would be like okay well, we're going to have a quarter hour break we're going to have a uh, you know bottom of the hour top of the hour these are gospel you know we're not going to and every now and then if they want to do something really cool they would do something they would sweep the quarter hour which means oh we're going to skip a break right. but you know i remember listening <laughs> still, to him you still for the, do that now if you listen yeah. to the if you listen to the radio here it's like yeah we got the six pack six balls yeah the that, six balls wow with, man with, with commercial. yeah and you know howard would talk for an hour with no commercial break and you know the station manager which was Tom Chiasano, but when I was listening to him, would come in just apoplectic. You got to take a break, and then and that would make the show interesting. It would make know? the show interesting, yeah. but also too, you knew when he took a break, it was going to be about a ten minute break because they had all these spots to get in. <laughs> so, you know, and then he would sit there and read live commercials. The guy was, 
he was really something. I I remember listening to him and thinking this guy and you know there are other people that are really good at communicating on the radio, but he was really something special yeah. in that regard, I think. And really really kind of showed people that you don't have to have a persona, you don't have to have a script. If you are interesting and you're honest and you're willing to 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 say what's in your head and you have a good sense of humor, you could be interesting to listen to. You could be successful. Right. It was a new thing. It was like all the dude's doing is talking. Yeah. But nobody else would do it. Yeah. At the time. Right. <clears throat> well, I mean, kinda kinda paved the way for all this too, I guess. Absolutely, so, man. It's yeah. like it's like anything else. I, I, mean, I don't think I've I mean, gotten into this if if I hadn't found out about a show at some point. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've listened to I listen to a lot of podcasts now mm-hmm. and you know, I just I just really, really enjoy it. There's something for everyone out there. Artie's is good. Uh the Adam Corolla podcast I've heard is good. I listened to the Adam and Doctor Drew show, that one's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. like half an hour long. It's nice for in the morning. You sure. Know? During your drive, and the another one, uh, Tony Kornheiser is more of a sports guy. Okay, um, it's a, his show used to be called the 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 show for the sports show for people who really don't care for sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I think that was I think that was his. But uh, it, 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 he's really good. He's got a good one. They just Gilbert Gottfried's podcast yeah, is great. I'm too. sure it is. Like he's, that guy doesn't give a fuck. No, like, he, he doesn't give a fuck. He is. He's he's kind of. Sometimes uh, it reminds me of Howard's old show because it's yep. just so out there. Like the best was when he would come on and do the news. <laughs> yes. That was the best, and now he's banned from the show. Yeah, because he's you know it's not politically yeah, correct. I enough. guess, man. I you know <laughs> yeah. I, you can't. It, 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 it's just a different. It was a different time, and I feel fortunate right. that I was able to experience that in real time. Yeah, not have to go back and listen to tapes. I remember all that stuff, you know. It's cool. So it was really a fun. And I mean, we need someone like him again because, for, like, the world has become too politically correct now. It's, it it's has insane, man. Yes, uh, there's there's not not enough counter noise. The pendulum will swing back the other way. Yes. Don't worry. Just like you said with the younger generation, things yeah. will be different. Probably, yeah, yeah. Well, um. Well, let's see what else have we got to talk about. Well, you, like I said, you've been to every state pretty much. Yep, uh, where- just about. I mean, uh, there were some. I guess, I guess, you know, we kept going back to these places where we would have some success. So we probably uh, were. You know, well, we'd go to Colorado all the time, you know. And what are some good music cities around the country? Music <laughs> cities, man. I would love to play. I love playing in Austin, Texas. There's no – it's funny. The the best music cities pay the worst. Um, if <laughs> because, you wanna, because they have a lot of – They have a lot. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. so if you're going to go to – if you're going to go to Austin or you're going to go to Nashville, if you're going to go uh, to Memphis or something, you know, place where people would expect to to be a good music town – there are so many bands, it's difficult to make money there. So we would make our money in like Bug Tussle, Alabama, and then the next night go play in Nashville for nothing, you know. Uh, but <laughs> right. you go to the college town in, you know, I can't even, you know, Murfreesboro. Actually, that would pair up well. We would go to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and then the next night we would play in Nashville, which is like an hour away. And the Murfreesboro gig would be a college bar. And we'd make you know five hundred thousand bucks or whatever it would be, and then uh, the next night is 
literally no money in Nashville, but you do that for the, again, I'm making air quotes, the exposure, <laughs> but it, it was cool. You know, you would do yeah. it for that reason. And, uh, it, it so often, uh, it was a balancing act. It was like, okay, we've got these three gigs that are going to pay really well. And then we're going to do this fourth night at a place where we just want to play, uh, because we want to play there because we want to say, we played in Nashville. We want to, we played in Nashville. We played in Chicago or we played in you know, wherever. Right. And, uh, and, and then our Austin, you know, there are 8 million bands in Austin, Texas. Um, so, you know, if you're going to play there, you're not going to make any money unless you're, you know, great. Yeah. Somebody or, or that's like going to, you know, government mule or something. They're going to sell tickets unless you're selling tickets. Yeah. We weren't selling any tickets. We were just at the place, you right. know, um, <clears throat> it's just, uh, you know, a good music town is probably not going to be very lucrative. Uh, you're out of the way places. That's interesting. Yeah, you're out of the but way. It makes places. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot going on. You know, so that was why we would go to these very unglamorous places to play. Because if there's a college there, or there's a bar there. Right. If there's a club there, we're there. That's where we need to be. So, yeah. College crowd is probably a good crowd too because they drink a lot and they throw money around and they do. And plus, you know, if you if you want a gig on a Wednesday night in the rock club, that's who's coming to see you. Yeah, everybody's got a job is at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. So you need that. You need those places. And I'm not sure. I don't even know if they're still around. I know a lot of the places we used to play are gone, and I'm sure that in some ways some things have. Re- sort of come up to take their place but colleges seems to be college seems to be a different experience now as you were saying with the politi- political correctness it, it the kids seem different they seem younger they seem like children whereas <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot, you know up until safe spaces yeah all safe space shit, and all like, that stuff I mean, uh, it's yeah. they're, like they're, we were like little adults you know we wanted to be older we wanted to do things that right and now they I don't want to be safe yeah I, I, I don't want to that's the whole reason I'm here yeah. is not to be safe yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a it's a it seems odd but I'm so old now I feel like that I'm uh that I can't really say because I'm not I'm really not involved but in I, it but. I feel the same way too and I'm I'm only like 10 or so years away yeah from from, from that generation yeah, but, but there, sometimes yeah. even if, if you're just you know like you, to me you can you gotta watch you gotta walk on eggshells with everything you talk about yeah you never know like, who's gonna get mad yeah even if you say to someone like hey guys come over like, guys how dare you there's a couple yeah. of uh, women in our groups <laughs> yes. like they're not guys like they're did you guys. just assume their gender and all that kind of all yeah. that weird shit yeah 50 genders like when like when who, who came up with that all of a sudden man that's very strange and it you know that's the thing it's not that i uh i have absolutely no problem with any of that, you know, you can do whatever you want yeah, to do sure. with your private parts, and but you can fuck who you want to fuck and marry yeah. who you want to marry. I don't Same. care, Same. but don't force me to care and right. participate in your whatever. <laughs> you know, it's it's called live and let live. Right. You it can't be a one way street. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that they, well, I think they're just told. You know, I, I they're just told that they're, they're, the professors have told them whatever they're. Uh, who knows I don't, I don't even know but it's it's tiring you know it's like yeah. i would rather not even deal with you and so consequently you're going to miss out on this interaction right you know and i'm going to miss out on it assuming that they had something to contribute you know it's like i would rather just pretend like you're not there 
And they're going to have a harsh wake-up call, too, when they enter into the real world. One would imagine. Because the real world doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) One would imagine, but, you know, one wonders, uh, you know, is the real world going to start to mirror that a little bit? I doubt it. I mean, like the people who run the show, uh, mostly they're... uh, they they don't care about that. I guess they I don't got time for that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess people feel like that. Uh, you know, when it comes down to making money, which is really what we're, you find out pretty quick that that's, regrettably or not, it's a large part of it. You know, real life and being grown up, you right. need to support yourself. And if you're going to be involved with a family, you need to support your family. And I know that's an old school thing to say as a man. Certainly. Uh, the day of of the man being the breadwinner and the sole provider, that ship has sailed. And I'm not sure it was ever really that true. I think that there was always a contribution made from both sides. But certainly monetarily now, at least the the people that I know, all the musicians that I know, all of their wives make more money than they do. Right. You know, it's just a thing. I mean, what you want to do, really and truly, if you want to play music for a living, marry a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you got to do. All right. Well, um, if there was any... (laughs) Marry a nurse, that's good. Marry a nurse. (laughs) Yeah. They're good outfits, too. Hey, that's always... uh, Scrubs can fit tight. It can be hot. But the, you know that that's a that's a that's a profession that um you know they make a lot of money. I'm sure you offended a whole lot of people with that too. By the way, yeah, marrying hey men can be nurses. You can marry a male nurse if that's your thing. I'm sure I'm sure that I have. But you know, it, 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 I I I think that I know a lot of dudes, man, and they they. They they say they play music for a living. What they really do is they live with a woman who works a really good job, and that yeah. enables them to go out and play music. And they don't, you know, have to make any money. And they, she, you know, women are very nice and supportive. And they're like, well, you, you know, he's contributing, following his following his dream, and I'm just happy to help. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn, all right. <laughs> You know, my wife's like, you need to get your ass out there and make some money. My wife ain't no nurse, but uh, you know, it, 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 it. When it comes down, and, and all kidding aside, to be honest, though, I, I think if that's a situation, I, I don't, like deep down, I, I think, uh, I don't know, like I don't think a dude will get a lot of respect. No, probably not. But you know, you could have guys. And here's the thing. Here's the funny thing about about music. People that have a lot of respect. It doesn't always translate into dollars. Like I've known guys in New Orleans. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like if 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 you're if you're with your girlfriend or your wife, and she's she's uh, making money, and 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 you're and you're not. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some doesn't people really feel right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Some I've seen it so many times, and you know, marriages that last a long time. I'm thinking of one person in particular, <clears throat> and I will not say his name. <laughs> Uh, but at, at, you know that I I this guy will they will be married forever, and uh, you know he's not a bad guy. It just you know music doesn't really pay that much. You know it's it's at, you have to get to such a level before you start right. to really make dollars. And uh, look at it this way: like I would have years, like I'd have one year 
where I'd make like 30 grand or 40 grand playing music. That's good money, and though. That's great money. Then the next year, you could make like 18. It just, it's like, it's, it's very much like sales in that it's never what you've done. It's always, what are you going to do? Right. You know, okay, great. That was a great tour. We all came back home and we actually, you know, we were gone for, you know, it would be a big deal to be gone for 10 days and come home with a thousand dollars. Right. That's really not that much money for that amount of work for two weeks, come home with a grand. Hmm. I mean, you'd be happy about that. There's guys that, that are in bands that you've heard of that live in new Orleans that go out on the road and they come home and their power's turned off and they got no money. They go wash dishes for two weeks till they go out again. Damn. I mean, and those are, those are guys that play at jazz fest and that are like in bands that are known. And, um, some of them might even have a fucking bus. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably if their power's turned off, but they, they, they just, uh, you know, it's not, it can be, you can make a living, but it's not, a big living and right. you have to manage your your shit and like it's, with, it's more a lifestyle than a than it is than a career or well no 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 that's not true like well, it's, it's, the way it's, it is it's more a lifestyle than a job yeah that's should, true that's i should that's the way to phrase that's it. true yeah. and you're always and you're hesitant and here's the thing that happens a lot you're always hesitant to take a job because you think oh well then i won't be able to play you know what if we get a what if we get a gig way out in you know east jesus and we gotta go and you know i gotta work and i can't take this job because i might get this you know know, it gets to be a psychosis after a while it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna it's time to i hate saying it this way but it's time to grow up and make a little money (laughs) it's time to grow up and handle your business a little differently you can still play uh you can still do it but you need to do it from a place that is from a, a, a for, you know, in reality, you know, you need to deal with real life. Right. Or, or you'll just be stuck in this perpetual cycle of, you know, a bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that makes, uh, makes sense. It's a realistic way of looking at it, I think. Yeah. Well, as soon as you get to be, as soon as you get to be 40 something, you, you kind of, and when that starts creeping up on you, you tend to get a little more realistic hmm. because you have things you'd like to do and obligations that it's not that you have to fulfill them, but you actually want to. You want to be successful. You want to. You want to, uh, not just to have nice things or whatever, but but to to contribute. You want to contribute to your marriage. You want to contribute to your family. You want to contribute to society. You want to do things for yourself. Um, and that doesn't always involve going off on an adventure all the time. You know, sometimes the adventure might be a lot less glamorous, Hmm. uh, but maybe more fulfilling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Parenthood is an adventure. (laughs) It's not very glamorous, but it's the best thing that I've ever done. That's Um, what most people say. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, uh, I wouldn't do it. You know, it's not for everybody, uh, and it, uh, you know, it's the most important job you'll ever have. So you got to make sure you're ready to do it before you do it. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. And make sure you do it with the right person. Yeah, 
Which you seem to be on the road to doing that. <laughs> I hope so. She seems like a nice girl. Yeah, she's cool. I'm man. sure she'll only yell at you sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only when I deserve it. Only when you deserve <laughs> it. Which will be all the time. <laughs> hey, come on, man. <laughs> well, man, I have enjoyed this. Yeah. This is fun. Me too. It's it's good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we've, we've gone for an hour and a half at this point. So. Right on. Is, is there any, uh, if there is one... One thing you'd have to say to like an aspiring, uh, aspi- aspiring musician, aspiring, mm. uh, like you know, like mm. talk talk to a guy in his uh, bedroom who just mm. bought his first guitar with the dream of hitting the road, and you know, oh, it's fun. You got to make sure the thing that you have to make sure of is do not be do not get sidetracked from your goal if that is your goal if you have the same goal that i had once upon a time which is to travel and play music in front of people then stay focused on that one thing do it as much as you can where you are right now wherever you are if you live in uh greenville mississippi god help you but if you live in greenville (laughs) mississippi then go and find the place in greenville mississippi to play in front of people and work your way into getting a gig. You're going to get a gig on a Tuesday night for free. Always be willing to give, uh, to do it for nothing. If you're willing to do it for nothing, people always say, oh, we got to make sure you get paid. You'll get paid. That'll come. But you st- don't be afraid to start out at the bottom. Go and give, give it away at first. Because you need the experience, you need the gigs, you need to do, you know, you need to do a couple hundred gigs before you really figure out how to do it. So you you got to get out there and do it. You got to get those gigs under your belt. Start early. Um, it's never too soon to start. You can be a kid and do it. Um, and I've gone out and played on the street before. Uh, go play. Go play in front of people. Do it as much as you can. Uh, you're going to, you're going to make some, you're going to make, you're going to have some good gigs. You're going to have some bad gigs. You're going to have some great gigs. Um, but you, you need the experience and stay focused on playing music in front of people. It seems really stupid to say that, but you can get caught up in worrying about things that don't even matter. Like the band politics and who owns this song and what are we going to do? You're worrying about a bunch of shit that doesn't matter. Go play the gig, learn some covers, write some songs, play them in front of people and just get your feet moving. Keep your feet moving in the direction that you want to go. Don't ever become overwhelmed to the point where you are no longer playing in front of people. If you're doing that, something is wrong. You got to fix that. You got to simplify things even if you can't get a band together, go play by yourself. <clears throat> Admittedly, if you're a drummer, that's harder. You got to kind of have a band. Bass player, same thing. Learn to play a little guitar, strum a few chords. Go play in front of people. Don't worry about the money. The money will come. Uh, money comes from people wanting to see you play. So if you go, if I were to go down here to this club down the street, walk in there and say, I'd like to bring my band in here uh, to play in front of, to play here. Um, we'll come and do it the first time for nothing, whatever night you say. 
chances are they'll probably book you. It's not going to cost them anything. If you have a little demo to show them, that'd be great. Uh, but they'll probably just book you. Um, it's not the House of Blues. I'm talking about the shitty fucking bar down the street. Uh, go do that. Out of the 10 people that are there, or the 50 people, whatever it is, if you can get a couple of them to like you, they will come and see you again. After you've done that 10 times for nothing, you have a couple hundred people there. Now you go to the owner and you say, hey, listen, look at all these people I can bring in. I'd like to play on a Friday and we'd like to get $400 or whatever, 500 bucks. If he tells you no, then you go down the street and you say, hey, we've been playing over there at such and such and we got a couple hundred people coming to watch us. Can we have a Friday night? We need 500 bucks. That place will say yes. And you do that again and again and again and again. And I know it sounds like a lot to do, but all through that process, you're learning your 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 craft. You're learning your trade. You're learning how to do it. All of the things that go into it, equipment, setting up, being there, uh, the playing itself, communicating, uh, keeping a band together, all of those things you need to learn how to do. That's how you learn. You go and you do it. Now, when you are able to do that at your in your hometown and you can draw a couple hundred people on a Friday night, now it's time to go to the city next to yours and do the same thing. And you try to do it again and again. And when you are able to do that, then you then you travel and you, then you do it. You just repeat that process over and over again. Beyond that, I have no idea. We never got any further than that. We just did that in a bunch of different places. But it sure was fun. And I'll tell you what. I can play a gig and put on a show in my sleep and I've done it probably close to 2000 times in my life. (laughs) And that's, uh, I I love that. It's great. It's what I always wanted to do. So guess what? I'm really good at the thing that I always wanted to do. And And that is enough. That's awesome. And that's good because really that's all there is at the end of the day. That's all I've got from it. But I tell you what, I love it. I love that feeling. I love knowing that. And and really, for me, that is more than enough. Well, that's, uh, I think uh, we'll wrap it on that. That's All right, great. man. Um, well, one one uh, more time, what's the name of your last oh, the, CD? The new CD, well, the newest CD that's out now is called After All, It's Been Forever. And it's Big Jim Brown and the Speed Kings. Uh, and it's on iTunes and Pandora and uh, Spotify, Spotify and... All those places, man. Any other your, any other website you want people to check out? Uh, or, you can go or, to bigjimbrown.com and check out tour dates and stuff. Cool. Such as they are. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Dick, man. I enjoyed it. Me too. It was fun. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, see you next time. And we'll go out with Golden Sun of the new CD. After all, it's been forever. Enjoy, guys. Scenes that I went through Like different points of view They left me feeling Ragged and alone Promises I made Riches I had laid They came up lacking Against your tongue But I'll be lying in the golden sun
sleep on Tangerine Your shadow falls across my face And I hear my voice say I'll be sailing when the morning comes With a scar upon my chest The smell of you still on my skin My memory does the rest
You've been listening to the Polarizer podcast. Check the show notes for links and details on literally everything that was discussed and mentioned during the show. Subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes or your other favorite podcast directory to never miss an episode. And be so kind to give us a five-star rating and review. Visit thepolarizer.com for high-quality articles on making life an adventure, traveling the world, being the best you can be, and other topics that fuel the fire in your soul. That's thepolarizer.com. One word, including the. Thank you for listening. And thanks for telling a friend. It really makes all the difference.